now, time for seafood news. You are listening to the Seafood News Podcast brought to you by Maine Lobster. Summer means that it's officially lobster season in Maine. Between June and July, lobsters in the cold waters of the Gulf of Maine shed their shells, and the result is Maine New Shell Lobster. Perfectly sweet and tender meat with a softer shell that's easy to crack into. Visit lobsterformaine.com to learn more. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. Thanks for joining us. We've got a lot to talk about, and unfortunately more terrible North Atlantic right <sighs> whale news. That's right. As of Friday afternoon, a sixth North Atlantic right whale was found dead in Canadian waters. The latest death came shortly after Transport Canada announced that they would be implementing precautionary speed restrictions. So June was a rough month for the critically endangered right whale. A dead right whale later identified as a nine-year-old male nicknamed Wolverine for the three scars on his tailstock was spotted in the Gulf of St. Lawrence during an aerial surveillance flight on June 4th. A second right whale identified as Punctuation, a 38-year-old mother of eight calves, was found dead northeast of the Magdalena Islands a couple weeks later. And just last week, in a span of 48 hours, four more uh, right whale carcasses were found. Now, real quick, these names, I think, are, are really sad. Like, they're fun. Until you, like, realize why they're called that. Like, punctuation yeah. was called uh, punctuation because she had a bunch of scars in her head from that looked like punctuation. It's like, and you're getting all these I know, from... get a, at least a little more creative, but also not as, I mean, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just terrible. You're like, oh, cool, cool nickname, like, cool name, Wolverine. And it's like, no, it's like he was hit by, like, a propeller, mm-hmm. you know? But anyway. Know. These poor whales. But last Wednesday, the Minister of Transport announced that due to the number of North Atlantic right whale deaths in Canadian waters, Transport Canada was implementing an interim precautionary speed restriction of 10 knots for vessels of 20 meters or more in length traveling in the western Gulf of St. Lawrence in the two designated shipping lanes north and south of Anacosta Island. The measure went into effect immediately. But that's not the only measure in place right now. The, uh, this past April, Transport Canada created a fixed speed restriction in a, a large area of the Gulf. That speed restriction mandated that vessels 20 meters or longer in that specific area go no more than 10 knots until November 15th of 2019. And like this current measure, that was put in place to protect the right whales. In 2017, a total of 12 North Atlantic right whales died in Canadian waters. To help the endangered whale, uh, an estimated 411 remain globally. The Government of Canada's 2018 budget included $167.4 million over the span of five years to protect and recover endangered whale species. The budget included funding for science activities to help better understand the factors affecting the health of whale populations, as well as actions to help address threats arising from human activities like entanglement and ship strikes. So no right whales died in Canadian waters in 2018, and in February, Fisheries and Oceans Canada released their 2019 plan for protecting endangered whales. So in addition to the speed restriction put in place in April that we just mentioned, officials announced that they would be adjusting areas where the mandatory speed restriction applies in order to reflect North Atlantic whale sightings. So in an effort to prevent possible entanglements in gear, officials said that they would be adjusting the area close to snow crab, lobster, fisheries, and all other non-tended fixed gear fisheries in Atlantic Canada and Quebec include the area where 90% of the North Atlantic right whales were sighted last year during the prime fishing season. So they were prepared, you right. know, like to, to keep this going. But, you know, as we previously reported, Fisheries in Ocean Canada made a number of temporary fishing closures throughout the month um, due to the presence of North Atlantic right whale sightings. So there, there was no... It's not like anyone was being, you know, right, the government wasn't being or negligent. Or they exactly. weren't, yeah, avoiding yeah. the issue. It's 
It's mm-hmm. just sad. So uh, the cause of the death for all six right whales is not yet clear. Uh, Wolverine's necropsy was inconclusive, but scientists determined that punctuation died as a result of a ship strike. Fisheries and Oceans Canada said that they are currently assessing and reco- assessing the recovery and necropsy options for the latest dead right whales. So yeah, it'll, it'll be, like I said, we only know one's confirmed. It's the whale strike. Right. Much, but it'll be interesting seeing what the, what the other ones are. You know, and where... And for yeah. it to be that many within just one month is it's yeah, it's, crazy. It's pretty pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if these deaths actually have any impact in the U.S. Um, you know, with the recent call to remove half the vertical trap lines from the Gulf of Maine to reduce the risk of entanglement for the right whale. Yeah. So the latest news from that front is that the changes to the Maine lobster fishery regarding the removal of vertical trap lines and even using rope that's easier to break is that it might not go into effect until 2021 due to a lengthy rulemaking process. The move is something that not only has lobstermen concerned about the livelihood, but conservationists worry that it'll be too late. So the number circulating is that there's only 411 of these whales remaining. That number is reportedly from 2017 and doesn't take into account the recent deaths in Canada. Right. I feel like we've been saying that number for a long time. Yeah. But it's got to be. It's got to be less than that. Minus six right now. It's 405. And that's even if, you know. If, that, if that's accurate. Right. You know? So um, we've got more whale news. Um, NOAA released their annual summary on West Coast whale entanglements last week. And according to the data, there were 46 whales entangled in fishing gear off the West Coast in 2018. Now, NOAA's whale entanglement summary was created as a way to provide useful information and updates to those who are engaged in efforts to understand and address the issue on the U.S. West Coast from the fishery management perspective. Now, the summary includes all known entanglements that occurred in U.S. territorial waters or nearby. So it's possible that the number could actually be higher, but these are confirmed cases of entanglement, specifically on the coasts off of Washington, Oregon, and California. Of those 46 entangled whales, 34 of them were identified as humpback whales, 11 were identified as gray whales, and one of them was confirmed to be a fin whale. Those 46 entanglements also include seven related deaths, five of which were humpback whales and two gray whales. What's crazy here is that whale entanglements appear to have skyrocketed since 2014. So confirmed entanglements in 2018 were slightly lower than the historic high of 49, which was met in 2015, and 48, which was met in 2016. With that said, though, no reports that the number is still a concerning level, especially considering that prior to 2015, the average was less than 10 confirmed whale entanglements a year. That's crazy. Were they still doing as much research into the whales at that time so th- th- i think that's part of it is like you know maybe it's that's what they're saying is like maybe increased public reporting right you know could have you know there, there could have been more yeah i mean they've there's been so many deaths that now there's so many eyes on the whale population now so i wonder if there if there really was so much less than mm-hmm. or if we're just keeping track yeah i mean we talk better. about this in just like in general news and like you know, there's always just so much terrible right. things going on. It's like, well... Is that know, because you're focusing on it? Yeah, and it's like yeah. you have easier access because of the internet, so it's just always in your face, you know? Right. So that, that you know, it's possible. And I have a question. Yeah. If you... I mean, I'm not sure about the whale entanglements, but when there's whale strikes and you're on the boat, do you know that you hit a whale? Oh, that's like, a good question. I know these. some of these boats are massive, so maybe, like, you know, you don't even realize it, but I wonder if when... You do feel something, you do hit a whale that these people be, you know, could just like give Call a heads up, in. hey, like, yeah, keep an eye on 
this area. We think we hit a whale. I, don't I know. believe there is on at least because uh, I've just been all over the Fisheries and Oceans Canada right. website, you know, past couple of days, just reading up on on these whale deaths. But there is like a section for you to report, you know, something mm-hmm. there. So, like, if I've never been on a boat that's yeah. hit a whale, so I really yeah. you assume you'd assume you'd have to, to yeah you have, have to feel, to feel it. it yeah. Right? Anyway, so what is causing the increase in entanglements? Factors could include changes in abundance and distribution of whales and their prey, changes in environmental conditions, shifting patterns in fishing and other human activities, and increased public reporting. Right now, NOAA is actively conducting research to see how all of these factors interact and affect whale entanglement risk and reporting. Thanks, Lauren. Uh, Moving along, we've got a lobster analysis from Ernerberry market reporter Liz Cazot. Liz reports that strong Canadian landings, coupled with a seasonal lull in demand, has put downward pressure on live lobster prices. The current average market price for two-pound hardshell lobster, um, FOB New England, is $8.05, down 8% compared to this time last year. The lower price adjustments have been closely following the seasonal pattern. However, for the month of June, prices have stalled while the historical chart indicates an upward trend. Market prices peaked mid-February and adjusted lower as the Canadian spring fishing seasons commenced. Prices for New England selects hit a 10-year high at $14.05 on February 26th, 8% higher than 2018. However, many participants were caught holding higher price inventory, hoping for continued demand from China. When sales never materialized, market participants reported a push to move product before the Canadian season opened and prices declined further. With robust catches, processors of lobster tail, claws and knuckles, and claws, knuckles, and legs have been actively replenishing depleted inventories. In addition, fishermen and suppliers are uh, reported to have been stockpiling product now as the Canadian season is close to completion. So from a historical perspective, landings typically will be steady for another two weeks. Many market participants are anticipating supplies to tighten as the summer demand increases and the main lobster fishing season kicks into gear. Imports of live products from Canada for the month of April was down 27% year over year. Imports registered 3.12 million pounds and year-to-date numbers are off by 27%. This is the lowest April import number from Canada in the last 10 years. May import numbers will be released on July 3rd. And historically, imports from Canada in the month of May are strong. And Lauren, you actually have a scallop analysis for us too. Is that correct? Yes, I do. Uh, And heading into the fourth month of the 2019 Atlantic Sea uh, sea Scallop season, the current market is quite unsettled. Uh, U10 landings are still abundant, however, slightly less than the volumes we were seeing a few weeks ago. Of this volume, there is a very limited amount of A-plus quality, with the majority of the product falling below that. With a healthy supply of products, producers are able to act more competitively, offering enticing discounts in an effort to gain a larger share of the market. However, those that hold higher quality products are keeping their prices firm. These events are creating a wide price range reported within the market. So currently, all natural U10 size scallops are quoted at an average price per pound of $13, 25 cents lower than last week, but a dollar higher than this time last year. Thanks, Lauren. Now to cover some trends. We are halfway through 2019, and food ordering and delivery company Grubhub has released their State of the Plate report, which details top dining trends to date. So while vegan and vegetarian options are continuing to rise in popularity with diners, the report did reveal some winners in seafood. So just some quick background information. Grubhub's state-of-the-plate report contains data for more than half a million orders placed on an average day through its platform. So for this report, they looked at data from January 1st through May 31st. 
And according to the data, vegan-friendly foods ordered through Grubhub increased 25% so far in 2019, as compared to January through May 2018. The areas ordering the most vegan-friendly options include Los Angeles, Brooklyn, Portland, Las Vegas, Rochester, Philly, Detroit, and San Diego. However, when it comes to Grubhub users in the South, seafood is still king. Woo, woo. <laughs> so, uh, so far in 2019, the most popular foods ordered through Grubhub in the South include shrimp linguine alfredo and New England clam chowder, which I thought was interesting. I wouldn't, right. expect, <laughs> wouldn't expect that. But maybe just because it's like a, you know, it's like perco. I can't, you know. Is it even real New England clam chowder? I don't think so. Yeah. Not if you don't get it from New England. (laughs) But uh, Don't tell the South. (laughs) Yeah. Looking at data from the region um, from January 1st through May 31st, 2019, shrimp linguine Alfredo increased 273% in popularity when compared to the same period last year, and New England clam chowder increased 185% in popularity. That's so funny. Shrimp linguine Alfredo. Yeah. So random. Uptrending. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like that's an easy thing to make. Yeah, I guess so. I don't, I don't, do you, do you like order through Grubhub? I don't. Me neither. I, uh, I mean, I usually just order and make my husband go out and get it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't know if it's He's just my like, Grubhub. Yeah. I mean, but if you look at the cities that you named earlier, I mean, they're all, it's, I mean, besides Rochester, New York, um, I mean, they're all, they're all like actual cities. So right. people yeah, obviously. just don't have access maybe to cars or, you know, traveling is more of a hassle, so it's just easier for someone to yeah to drop it off. But I don't I don't know if I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but what I was surprised about is and same thing I guess you know Brussels when I was in Brussels for the Seafood Expo Global. Yeah, there were a, there were, there were like bike gangs of these like food delivery services. Oh really? Yeah, there was there was like four or five food delivery services that would hang out outside of our hotel and they would like form these posses and uh-huh. like, they were like, you know, the green gang over here This with is whatever. my corner. What are you doing? I, like we were concerned there was like turf wars going yeah. on, you know, and like, you know, Grubhub was in red, you know, it's it was very bizarre, but like I said, I mean, that's more of like a city atmosphere. Right. You know, so I, I don't think it's for for people in the suburbs like us. Yeah. But if I not, was to order it. Yeah, not as much. I don't know if I would order those things. I don't know what I would order. I don't order. think I would order shrimp linguine alfredo. Like I said, it's it's a simple thing to make. Yeah, but if you don't have the, the shrimp on hand. I guess that's true. New England clam chowder, I could see that being a pain if you want, like, good New England clam yeah. Like, you know, like, you can't make that at home easily. Yeah. But, I mean, that's also, I'm curious to see what their second half of the year looks like. Because, I mean, that's January through I know, May. those are those, two those... heavy, heavy meals. Yeah, so but if maybe you look at the dates. Was, yeah, maybe that was like more for the colder months. Yeah. But was it that cold in the south? It was also the, like, <laughs> you know, thinking about the south, I'm like, it's never that cold down there. You know, up here, like both of those sound very lovely during this time. Of year. Although we're, <laughs> we're in the middle of a terrible I mean, heat well, Yeah, compared to, well, I guess, not, Europe. Is not I was going to say. <laughs> compared to Europe, we're not that bad. But it's been in, the, it's been in like the mid-90s. Yeah. And for, for June, that's a little, like, what's it going to be in August? Yeah, and when it's like, crazy hot outside Mm -hmm. they blast the arctic air inside here yeah so it's just you're not comfortable wherever you go no you have to come to work in a sweater but you're sweating coming to work (laughs) anyway anyway we digress (laughs) yeah but for general seasonal trends ahi tuna salads which (laughs) sound more appetizing and more uh, season appropriate increased 467 percent in popularity this spring but unfortunately that's the last we see of seafood in terms of ordering trends Grubhub's forecast for summer trends includes barbecue pork buns, truffled parm fries, and quinoa and arugula salad. I'm surprised pork's on there too. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh, maybe yeah. No, maybe yeah. no one else cares about African uh, swine fever. African swine fever. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Yeah. 
And this fall, they're forecasting an increase in pesto pasta, fried okra, and lemongrass soup orders. Have you ever tried to fry your own okra? No. Is it difficult? It's very, like, slimy. Oh. I, like, didn't realize, like, when you cut it, mm-hmm. and um, it just, I I thought mine was, like, bad. I never tried it before. I mean, fried okra is delicious, but yeah. I don't know. Okra sounds like okja, and that's, like, this, like, Netflix movie. Okja! Okja? I never saw it. Okay, no. so. Is it scary? No. Okay. So I've actually never, I've only watched the first five minutes of this movie, and then I have to shut it off because I burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> but it's food-related, so it's fine. So that's why I'm going to talk about it real quick. I'm so confused. Okay, go. Okay, so okra, okra, no, okra. <laughs> is okja is this, like, giant pig. So they're trying to feed, you know, the world, but they're realizing that, you know, we're running out of, like, food, you know, so. Is this a documentary? No, this, like, is, like is, a, this? this is, like, a, a make-believe okay. world. So they created this giant pig, <laughs> uh-huh. okay? I think, like, um, Tilda Swinton's in it or something. So they create this giant pig that, you know, they give to these farmers in these third world countries and, like, raise these pigs as big as you can, yeah. you know, and then, you know, eventually, like, there's going to be, like, a winner, but they're, you know, this one pig could feed, like, countless people you know so imagine one pig just being able to feed like an entire gross you know yeah yeah big big pig but i (laughs) i burst into tears watching it because i knew like you know they were gonna like attack the pig and try to kill it (laughs) so i couldn't finish it but uh so okra just reminds me of okja so if anybody (laughs) watched it i can't i can't watch it i can't it seems too emotional let us know how it ends (laughs) i need to know if if uh, the pig survived and yeah that's really it but it's food related, so that's why I brought it up. Yes. Bring us some fun news now. Okay. Oh, yeah. I would love to actually. Okay. <laughs> Okja! <laughs> okay. So Long John Silvers is celebrating Fishmas in July. What does that mean? So it's Christmas with, but with fish. <laughs> but the fast food chain is getting their customers in the seafood spirit this summer with a new campaign designed to spread some fishy cheer. So to kick off Fishmish in Fishmish, <laughs> to off fishmish you, you said waiting. it correctly, but I'm Fishmish, Fishmish, <laughs> Fishmish to kick off Fishmish in July. Uh, Long John Silver's is offering up two for four dollar tacos every Tuesday, which is that's tacos that's a great, that's a great yeah. deal. And the tacos are part of their new grilled choices menu, which was first introduced in May. So it's like a nice light, yeah, you know, good thing for for summer. So the tacos come with either shrimp or salmon. And customers can then choose from four flavors, Baja, Southwest, Sweet Chili, or Seasoned. Give me that sweet chili. Give me that sweet chili. Uh, Tacos are not the only new addition to the menu. The chain is also offering up rice bowls with grilled salmon or shrimp. I am all about rice bowls now. Yeah, like steak rice bowls, uh, salmon rice bowls, shrimp rice bowls. Good correction because we're on the Seafood News podcast. Yeah, I mean, well, (laughs) I make, you know, the Korean beef one. Mm So I... Every day is basically a new rice, rice bowl, bowl at my house. It's good. I like rice. But shrimp is my favorite one so far. Okay. Well, we got to get down to Long John Silver's. Yeah. Um, yeah. So grilled shrimp or salmon. They also have grilled shrimp or salmon meals. And those come with two sides. Um, but Long John Silver's actually has some other fish miss tricks <laughs> up their sleeves besides deals on menu items. So uh, I don't even remember, but over Lent, the chain launched uh, Fish Yeah Records, and they signed their first band, the Coral Benders, which I think is really cool. Yeah. So uh, Fish Yeah Records has more music for Long John Silver's fans to listen to, 
and to coincide which coincide with Fishmas <laughs> in July. Fishmas in July. Uh, Fishier Records has released their first ever Fishmas album, a collection of songs from various highly talented artists <laughs> that celebrate the season. So the, some of the songs examples, I, I'm like obsessed with it. Shark, Harold the Anglers Sing, <laughs> The 12 Days of Fishmas, and Oh Fishmas See. You see what they did there? I did. I yeah. like that one. Um, so I, I need to listen to these. Yeah. I love Christmas music. I love seafood. It's a perfect combo. Yeah. I is. think it's really creative too. I, I like what, you know, I'd like, I'm interested to hear these highly talented artists. Yes. <laughs> that was a quote. That was a quote from their site. Yeah. <laughs> but more fun news. Did you see the clip of Nicki Minaj taking Jimmy Fallon on a date to Red Lobster? I did. And I'm obsessed. I can't believe he's never been there. Yes. Number how do you one. never? Like, how have you never been to Red Lobster? I don't yeah. believe that. I mean, I mean, he hasn't. I mean, he's been famous for a while, but he hasn't been famous like his entire life. Yeah, but just because you're famous doesn't mean you can't go to Red Lobster. I know, but once you get to a certain point, I'm sure I mean, some like, people think like, doesn't mm-hmm. Beyonce go to Red Lobster? Yeah, I think that's in one of her songs too. Was it Man Lobster? Take Me to Red Lobster? I think it's like a <laughs> filthy lyric, and that's not how the song goes at all. But no. Anyway. um... But I was excited to see him try the Cheddar Bay Biscuits because, yes, I mean, who doesn't fall in love with those as soon as they yeah. bite into them? But also, they showed the fanny pack. Yes, Nikki Which and I we didn't a fanny win. Pack. <laughs> we really wanted that fanny pack. I thought we had it in the bag. I know, but we're known to Nicki Minaj. But actually, speaking of, how does, okay, Nicki Minaj says she worked at Red Lobster. You have to look up the clip online. You, know, you can just YouTube it. Jimmy yeah, it's Fallon, so funny. Nicki Minaj. It is really funny. They have this, they get so much food delivered to their table. Um, Nicki Minaj doesn't know how to crack open a lobster, <laughs> but, uh, get so much food and then they just hang out with some fans, you know, at the restaurant. But more importantly, Nicki Minaj talks about how she used to work at the chain. She was hired there like at different locations, like yeah, four or like, five different locations. And she got fired from every single one of them. How do you keep hiring and firing somebody? <laughs> they don't do background checks. Like, does it, does she hand in a resume and like, does she just leave it off? I don't know. I'm very confused about this. It doesn't seem responsible. Well, it was all part of her journey, and look where she is now. Yeah, I guess that's right. Maybe you have to get fired from a couple Red Lobsters in order to really make it out there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's a, definitely a fun video. It's always nice to see Red Lobster on the TV screen. And, uh, actually, another quick seafood um, in entertainment, uh, this latest episode of Big Little Lies, or actually two episodes ago, episode three, um, they talk about, uh, they will, they work at the Monterey Bay Aquarium and they're talking about sustainability. And, um, one of the characters was out on a date and her boyfriend was just like, you know, I'll have the salmon, but you know, is it farmed or wild? And the girl's like, uh, I think it's farmed. And then, well, is it land-based or is it, you know, and, and it was and like, like, where are you going with this? <laughs> it was pretty fun to, well, like from our right. perspective, that was really fun to watch, but it was also like, just from like a dating perspective, I'd be like, oh my gosh, run, right. you know, but, um, but yeah, so that's just, you know, two instances of seafood and pop culture. I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that about does it for us, <laughs> right? Do you have anything else to, to kill no, the time No, I think <laughs> we went off on enough tangents this week. All right. We made up for last week when it was strictly news. Yeah. We, we, we're we not down to business type of people. We need no. to we need to add them. We yeah. like ad-libbing. Yeah. And no one's complained so far. No. I'm sure we'll get emails this week complaining. <laughs> we like when you stick to just the news. Yeah. Oh, well. My mom's going to be like, this one ran a little long. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, this podcast was brought to you by Maine Lobster. Enjoy Maine New Shell Lobster this summer and learn more at lobsterfrommaine.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.